Welcome back, Immortal X friends. I'm Cody. Riley. And it's been a long time. We're back. We're back. It's been um it's been a moment, Riley. October, maybe? We're back to talk shit on all of your favorite pop culture happenings. Man, let's be honest. We're back to talk shit on all of our favorite pop culture happenings. That's true. And maybe there's some others who share the same thought. Maybe not. I don't know. But um, we're here. We are coming back to you from Immortal X-Friends HQ, meaning my loft with all of the books that I secretly buy and slot when my wife is not home. This is my test to see if she listens to the podcast. We'll find out. Um, Riley. We will forevermore be doing this from my house instead of his <laughs> after, after she hears comment. this. Um, Riley, how have you been? I've been good. Reading a lot. Watching stuff. Yeah. Playing video games. You know. Yeah, living the dream. Being a nerd, just unable to talk about it as much as we usually do. Yeah, it's been a while. Just just so you know, we, we are friends IRL. Um, but we actually hate each other's guts. We 30 minutes ago were yeah. talking about how we are actually like in our origin story about when we're 60 years old, we will hate each other. Yeah. Which one of us is Charles, which is Magneto, because in 30 years time we'll hate each other's rotten guts so we just we're still waiting to see how that happens but i'm sure we'll 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 get there soon yeah um neither of us are in a wheelchair and we both currently have hair so it's hard to see which one is which right now we both have a lot of hair right now we do you have a lot of hair on your face i'm not used to that as much i like it though yeah you into it is this your is this your fall of x beard you're, you're growing out your beard for as long as this event's been going on, which just felt like four years. Yeah. 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 Um, well, today, uh, listeners, we were talking a little bit about some of what we have still been texting about, which is uh, the Invincible TV show and the Fall of X, uh, which I think the fact that we have not been jumping on for, for, for a call, for a podcast, like... Uh, that's kind of one of the reasons, uh, and I think we'll we'll dive deeper a little more. There's a few other books that we've read that we've been excited about, and we've just been truly unable to connect and pod, uh, but we're excited to to get back to it today. So, we hope you've been reading fun stuff, yeah, or watching fun stuff. Um, it's yeah, just been a busy season, so hopefully we'll be able to just like talk more comics and TV shows and things as uh, we get into the winter break season. Yeah. So, do you want to start with Invincible? Sure. So, Invincible, the TV show on Amazon is out. We've we've done podcasts on Invincible before, right? I think we have. We have. Yeah, yeah, I know I we talked about so. it before. Last, oh my gosh, like two years ago now. Maybe, 20, yeah. yeah, it was. 2021, Riley bought all three of the Invincible um, compendiums. And he was very gracious, and I got to read them all immediately after he finished. And we had a great time. We had a great yeah. time reading those. I think looking back at the tapes on those podcasts, I'm sure it will reveal the same thing. Um, what a book! What a legacy! What a mm-hmm. what a hefty read! Yeah. Um, and we've now entered into season two of the Invincible TV show. We both we both watched Invincible season one before reading. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because yes. you got the books after season one. You yeah. Had seen it as well, and so. It was interesting coming into season two, knowing where it was going. Yeah. Um, and then I think seeing the pace at which it's choosing to go. So you had started, I think you started watching it before me this season. And you even watched the Adam Eve 
kind of one-off special I did. that they did way before I did. And we watched it, I think, knowing that this show was finally coming back on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so far, just so you guys know at the time of recording, if you're listening to this later, so far there has been one special and four episodes. Yeah, um, we are in that mid-season break. And there's right a break. Now. And there's a break. Yeah. And it's coming back. I think I think January, in January yeah, but I, so. I don't think they have officially confirmed Announced, that. Yeah. But yeah, so so Invincible is back. Um w- Riley get reaction. What are you feeling? Um so I should say that uh I speak for both of us when I, you know, Invincible the comic, we just flew through that thing. Like once you start reading that book, it's really difficult to put down. Like it takes all of your time. You neglect things because you're not interested in doing the dishes. You're interested in just reading the next six issues. So it's such um, an easy read too. It goes so quickly. It's so fast. So I should say that I will do my best to talk about the show and the book as if they are separate entities because they are, you know, like of course the show is based on something, but I don't want to be unfair Um, so we watched season one of Invincible pretty quickly say that was way cooler than I imagined it would be. I didn't know what this whole Invincible thing was until a few weeks ago and then immediately read through all three compendiums, gave them out to people. Um, so, uh, I knew it was coming in this season or had general ideas Um, I'm really enjoying it so far, but I do think that I have some criticisms that a lot of others might not have, um, especially if they're not a comic reader. Uh, I will say that I really loved the first episode. Um, Something that I appreciated so much about the show was that they're able to expand on stuff that the comic kind of breezes through a little bit. Um, they're able to look at some of these stories with the benefit of 15, 17 years so they can change some things, tweak some things, um, add or uh, subtract things that haven't aged as well, perhaps. Um, so I thought that the first season was a perfect uh, like companion to the portion of the comic that it adapts. Like They really complement each other so well. Um, I have really enjoyed the four episodes, but I don't think it's been as successful in that regard. Yeah, I think I'll totally agree with that. I think that has been my my biggest take on this season is the first season was such a solid adaptation of of the arc that it chose to adapt and then a few that were out of order comic chronology, mm-hmm. but were replaced in a way that I think played really well. Uh, and this this new season has has attempted to do the same thing by adapting by moving some pieces around by going through and i think you and i have text several times is like they're they're kind of burning through plot yeah and they're burning through plot in a way that i really feel like they don't need to mm-hmm. um and them getting to the the place where they have a kind of this like mid-season break uh it definitely didn't feel as as earned of a moment as I as I was going to hope to, uh, if if they kept certain characters and certain things out longer, sure, because of the plot on on Earth versus mm-hmm. versus taking it to space and taking it cosmic, um, this this quickly, yeah. For me, the strongest episode of the season by far has been the Adam Eve 
kind of one-off special Mm -hmm. um i think that was one that when we watched it like it just it stood out from an animation standpoint from kind of like an art direction standpoint and so some of the others that that one felt really cool i was bummed when that one was over just Mm because i liked that story so much um a lot of these episodes i feel like because there was such a rush almost to get to like this four episode mid-season some of them have been really long they've been Mm -hmm. longer episodes um there's one episode in particular i think it's episode three um that kind of combines uh like the alan the alien yeah one-off with almost invincible serving as like the b story that is literally two episodes like slammed into one yeah i think intentionally but um to me it kind of feels like a bit of a pacing thing it doesn't feel nearly as engaging um there's a few of some of the subplots that are not not landing or like connecting for me as much as i i would have wanted them to sure and i feel like it, it just doesn't feel as breezy or as as tight as that first season did yeah i agree um i think at this point people who are listening i'm gonna start talking about specifics so if you have not yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to not um, punch in anything that hasn't happened yet. So I'm not going to be spoiling anything that might be coming next. But anything that has happened, if you've not watched the first four episodes, heads up. Um, Yeah, I um, I think we're just flying at a million miles an hour right now in this season. And I think I appreciate when... um, creators want to subvert expectations and so knowing that um you know we watched the whole first season um you know something again that i loved about the first season was you you know at the end of episode one that nolan is the villain and invincible doesn't know that yet right so you get to watch with intrigue the next eight episodes or whatever where he is getting increasingly more paranoid that people are going to find out that his his costume is up above the the cabinets where someone could find it um you know and that is all expansion from the books like that none of that stuff was in the book and so i really liked being able to draw some of that out and take it slow um and season two right now feels like it's going at a million miles an hour and um i think Everyone thought that this season was going to end with Mark meeting his dad and then hard cut to black. And now you have to wait eight months to find out, oh, my God, that was Omni-Man. Are they going to battle? What happens next? You know, I think that's what everyone thought was going to happen. So I I what I thought was going to happen was that was going to happen at the second to last episode. Mm-hmm. And then the final episode of this this season would have been the battle that we just saw in episode four. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like all of the buildup of Mark adjusting to superhero, going through a lot of the, like, um, what's the name? Simon, the, or the multiverse guy. Uh, Angstrom. Angstrom. Angstrom, 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 Levy. Angstrom Levy. Like, I feel like all of that was going to be the buildup. Yeah. And that that was going to be the big thing. And I honestly thought we'd see some other pieces kind of come out of place and that dad would be the big finale yeah and so it happening it seems like it's going to be flipped it literally seems like like dad stuff's going to get out of the way mark's going to go back to earth and then we're going to get like i know you didn't want to spoil what happened in the books but like i i think that we are going they've already started hinting at i think we're going to see more of like another kind of multiversal 
war. Sure. I, I think that the invincible war of all of the like bad copies of him mm-hmm. coming, I think that's where this is going. Yeah. Which I think seems like right. a mistake to happen this early. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot that I feel like is going to be glossed over. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. So I don't know that, that that's my thought. And I feel like that's where all the cracks in the title card each episode are going. Yeah. So basically being like, Oh, the cracks are getting here. I, I feel like, I don't know why else you would introduce the bad versions of, of invincible mm-hmm. like that early, unless you were going to do that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I just think um, my frustration with it is you are kind of on top of the world right now. Like people want more Invincible. Yeah. They are so interested. People are flying to buy these books right now to get more of this like I did after season one. You know, a few friends, hey, have you seen this Invincible show? And I'm like, no, but at the same time, like you and I don't have a lot of the same interests these days. Like I don't watch the things that you're watching. I don't, I don't know what this is and I don't think I care. And so, you know, I watch episode one and I'm like, okay, that is way cooler than I thought, you know, it was going to be based on some of the, the things that I just am not a fan of. Um, so I just think invincible is sort of on top of the world right now. Like people want this, um, you know, the, the wait was really long and Kirkman has talked about, well, well, season three, there won't be such a gap in the middle and that's great. Like people are stoked for it. So you don't need to rush. Like you don't need to take your time. And one of the things I think the book does so well is it balances like a billion things all at the same time. And it does it really well. Um, all these different villains that are kind of working behind the scenes and they just pop up unexpectedly and, Invincible has some things that are going on with his dad or Eve or somebody and then a villain pops up and derails the whole thing and whatever like I don't know just the fact that in these four episodes we've already gone to space we don't know what Eve's doing Eve's plot feels very inconsequential right now William feels inconsequential I do like that they're expanding on how Debbie would be responding to all of this stuff um, there just wasn't time yeah. in the comic. You know, you don't want to spend a ton of time to how how much agony Debbie's in right now. Um, you get little hints of it, but so I think that some of the things that it expands upon are definite victories. But man, like I want them to slow this yeah. thing down. But I think I think the expansion though to me is like that's what's causing some of the rest to suffer sure. because that's taking up real estate. And it's, it's saying a lot of the same thing again and again. And I get that that might be the cyclical discussions about depression and about grief and about what they're trying to say. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there are honestly even better storylines from the original text that are getting kind of left behind for the, the writer's room expansions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the bummer that I don't like to see. I, I did not like the adaptation of this show at all, but lock and key was one that like did something really similar with theirs because they they literally they adapted the entire series of lock and key the books um for the first season of tv mm. and so it was one of those things where it's like i'm all like we're talking i'm all for adapt- adapting and like changing things but it's one thing where it's like you're changing the reference material like go for it expand things add things but when you're changing things and it's not better mm-hmm. or it's like or it's taking away from like whoa whoa, whoa like 
you had a good cinematic plot that you could have just plucked from like what are you doing i'm worried that that's that's the territory that this is going to but on that i say that but it's like other things have literally been panel for panel Mm -hmm. and like dialogue for dialogue and so i think to add to that though riley like i don't know if they can take their time in the sense where everything that we're just talking about and me worrying about them burning through plot netflix and amazon in particular they do not have a high show retention rate Mm -hmm. even when something is at the top of the world where they often have their talks with their creators where they're like you're lucky you're lucky if you're getting two seasons let alone if you're getting more than three Mm -hmm. even if you are the top of the top at one point like Amazon and Netflix have been ruthless at something that has been and HBO like all of them like no one is no one is innocent of that but of being the top show and then being like actually you're not coming back and so I do kind of wonder if there is almost like a hey we are gonna we're gonna pick the highlight reel of like what are the most memorable moments so that we can wrap this thing up in three seasons yeah versus an ongoing for for four or five years sure yeah i think that's fair who knows yeah um yeah all those behind the scenes conversations are difficult to uh to try to to guess but um yeah i think um there's just not as much breathing room in this it's really and not it that is uh that has been frustrating um Another, this is a little bit more of a personal nitpick, but like um, maybe a symptom of the overall problem is that in the in the text uh, version of this latest episode, he's trying to keep his little brother and little brother's mom safe from the Viltrumites. And in the comic, we see him trying to keep them safe by flying as fast as he can with them to keep them away from the Viltrumites and he at his absolute like hardest is no match whatsoever for even just your average Viltrumite soldier which Nolan is not right like it makes a point of that Nolan is like one of the greatest of all Viltrumites and so he's an exception rather than a rule but that Mark is so woefully inadequate next to even a grunt yeah that he cannot outrun them when he's flying his absolute fastest, you know? And that pushes him into the idea of like, I need to push myself. Like I need to get stronger. I need to work out, you know, in the way that a superhero would. And kind of skipping over all of that entirely seems like that would be a really easy little thing to keep in that would pay dividends in later episodes. And by omitting it entirely, it makes us think that there's a way for Mark to stand any kind of chance against a Viltrumite right now. And just knowing where this goes later, like he should not, like he should I be I completely losing, agree. You know, I feel like we're losing some of that. Like, honestly, that, that you get to do in a long form comic book, like invincible or even in an anime, like something like Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. where you're seeing the gradual buildup yeah. and the getting stronger that, this show has has proven before that they'll they'll kind of brush it away with the montage mm-hmm. or like a quick comment mm-hmm. uh, but i agree i feel like that was a moment that i felt as well where it was like this this fight does not seem nearly as like like oh no like high stakes as it should have appeared yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah. i am i'm so happy that invincible as a tv show exists mm-hmm. like it's fun 
I love the zaniness of it. The, yeah. The Mahler twins just being stupid, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the dad, Eve's dad, being an asshole. Yeah. Like, I really like the ground that this covers and just how wide a net it casts. But um, so far, this has definitely not been as successful as season one was. I would I completely agree with that. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm still on board. I'm excited for it to come back. It's still an enjoyment to watch uh, when it's out. Yeah. And uh, it's it's fun to talk with people about, even people who have not read it, who still seem... Yeah. It, it, it's, finding a, it's finding an audience for people that I feel like, you know, you're... If you've got MCU burnout, if you're waiting for another project, like this is a very good fit to to watch and participate still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Have you played Mortal Kombat with Omni Man? I have not played Mortal Kombat with Omni Man. <laughs> I haven't either. That yeah. sounds like fun though. Yeah, I'm curious how that plays, but yeah. I've heard it plays very, very fun. Um, well, anything else you want to say about Invincible? You should read it. It's so good, <laughs> yeah. man. This isn't our sign off, but yeah, you should read comics and you should read Invincible comics because that, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I am, this is neither here nor there, but our, uh, both of us just got our pre-order of Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 3 mm-hmm. that just came in and that caused me to start rereading from Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 1. Uh, but it just makes me just really really just think about Invincible and the read-through because Ultimate Spider-Man and Invincible are 100% in conversation with each other. Totally. And I think that just becomes more evident the more, like, you know, we've gotten to sit with both of these pieces of early 2000s work. Um, But, yeah, I just think it's still so cool. And we talked about this last time, I think, on our Invincible pod of just how cool the fact that both of these books were coming out and in, like, both of them, both Ultimate Peter and Mark, Invincible face the most wicked people in yeah. comic books and still persist and still try to do what's right regardless. And so yeah. it's just, it's a cool read. It's an encouraging read during frustrating times to just sure. try to still see like, like just, just trying to hold on to those ideals of, of, doing what's right yeah that's the that's the nerdy sympathetic xavier version of me right now no if yeah there is certainly some light magic that happens in both ultimate spider-man and an invincible so if you're if you are in need of something light to read that just feels good and is a page turner either of those series i don't think you can go wrong with either of them there's someone listening to this right now and is thinking like did they just suggest that invincible is light kind of kind of yeah until it's not until it's really not (laughs) well um at the rate the show's going you'll find out in about two weeks (laughs) uh speaking of not light you want to talk about fall of x fall of x um so I guess disclaimer, I guess spoiler alert, I guess all of the tags, trigger warnings for everything. Um, it is no secret that the age of Krakoa is what got Riley and I to start these this podcast. Yeah. Um, I think obviously Riley and I, you know, we've we've told our we've told our meet cute story before. But we were co-workers who then I shared Hickman's Avengers run with Riley. And then I started his addiction. And then I gave him my 
my long box of all of basically the for the, the early Krakoa era up to Inferno that was coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. And Riley tore through it, and we've been talking about books ever since. Yeah. And so this this is starting to become the end of the era, and I've, I've grappled with this on some of the, like, the solo conversations that I've had in the pod a few times. I've tried to, like, <laughs> I've bored my wife with trying to tell her how I feel about the end of this, but... I still think I've kind of been in, not even denial, it's been acceptance for a while, but I think now it's starting to turn into almost a little bit of anger might be too strong of a word, but we 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 were so hot on the Hellfire Gala this yeah. summer. We loved that issue. We were also extremely pumped on um, Duggan's issue that came after that with, with Kate Pride adopting yeah. the shadow cat persona and, and taking and out taking all the orcas yeah so so great and so i feel like this fall of x era started started with a bang um and started with something that i feel like i can say we were both very excited about yeah and i feel like in the weeks that came from that that has lessened tremendously so fall of x started in august or end of july End of July. End of July. Yeah. And so we're now in December and it's it's ending this month. It is ending it this is. month because fall of the House of X and Rise of the Powers of Ten are starting in January. Mm-hmm. And what Resurrection of Magneto. Yeah. And X Men Forever. The other Gillen book. Yeah, but isn't that a one shot at the end? No, it's like a it's like a four issue while things are going on. He compared it to um, the while Judgment Day was happening, there was like the um, Death to Mutants book okay. that was coming out that kind of showed the Eternal side of thing. Yeah, he compared it to that while Powers of Ten and um, Falls okay. going on. It sounds like the act just like and I remember telling you when uh, Judgment Day was going on that that was a continuation of his Eternals mm-hmm. book. I think that's what it, he said. That's what it's going to be for Immortal. Like that's going to okay. be the actual end of Immortal. Okay. So, and what else? There's sev- there's a few other books that are, they've already announced that will be going on that I can't tell how one off they are. There's yeah. Cable. There's Dead X-Men. Mm-hmm. The Wolverine is still continuing. I think X-Force is still continuing as well. Duggan's X-Men is still Duggan's going X-Men is still going on. And even this this latest issue of Duggan's X-Men made it seem like that is going to run concurrently mm-hmm. to um to fall and rise. Yeah. And so it We're here. We're here. We're here at the end. Um so I have a question for you, and I know the answer, but our listeners might not. Riley, have you ever played Kingdom Hearts? No. So I'm going to tell you a story about Kingdom Hearts really fast. Okay. Kingdom Hearts 1 came out, and it was it was really awesome, especially playing that as a sixth grader. And in between Kingdom Hearts 1 and then Kingdom Hearts 2 that came out about four years later, they came out with a game called Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories that was for Game Boy Advance. That was technically a new installment that replayed some of like the greatest hits of the first game, but it did push the characters and their narrative forward a little bit. But at the end of the day, it was kind of a skippable interlude that kingdom hearts two when that came out kind of filled in the details for those that did not play that game mm-hmm. for the main play title. 
after finishing this latest issue of Duggan's X-Men, after finishing Miss Marvel the New Mutant, after finishing Jean Grey, after finishing a few of these other titles that came out during this Fall of X era, I kind of feel like we have been doing a six months chain of memories. Mm -hmm. And when Fall of the House of X and Rise of the Powers of Ten starts any of the pieces that people missed while not reading all of these like you and I have been are going to be just fine. Yeah, I think so. To finish out what's going on with Krakoa. And especially now knowing like Iron Man's going to still be going. Um Duggan's X-Men's going to be going. Like but Immortal I think Immortal's ending this month. Like I think we're about to read the last issue of Immortal. I think we are. I think we're going to read You're the right. last issue of Red really soon. But, like, Duggan's book will probably provide, like, it seems like little side stories to what's going on in-house. And then, obviously, um, both Gillen and Ewing are going to provide kind of side stories in their own book. So it's just, like, it's it's the end. It's the end of what we want. But this era, even some of our favorite books have not been our our favorite books the past few months. And that's been tough. You know, def- yeah. difficult to keep the energy up for this era because, for instance, Immortal X-Men has been for over a year now in an argument whether that one or Red is the best current Krakoa book. Like, mm-hmm. which of them is it? And it kind of, depending on week to week, it kind of flip-flops, you know? Um, depending on how strong an issue is. And I think one of the things that really kept up the momentum is that every issue was from a different character's viewpoint. Yes. So every issue felt very fresh. Um, But the last, like, five issues have all been chilling in a desert. Yeah. In the White Hot Room. And they've all been been someone's viewpoint, but they've been, like, abstract concepts. Like, this last one was kind of the Phoenix Jean Grey's. The one before that, what was it? It was kind of devil apocalypse. Yeah. And it's just like, on one hand, going to give it to Gillen because they figured out a way after I'm sure to me. And I know we, we've talked about this, you know, in, in the chat about like, this feels like an editorial push mm-hmm. to kind of let this fall of X era. Like, I'm sure whenever they were pitching these ideas, this sounds like this is when we talked about it before. I'm pretty sure this is Duggan's baby. And I'm sure Duggan's like, these are the stories that I want to tell leading up to this. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if we're going to end Krakoa and you want a new launch title in spring of 2024, like, I'm going to finish it. And they're like, well, can we stretch this out into, like, a six-month pre-event? Like, what I will say is, like, way to go to Gillen, especially for making, like, now he has gotten to have a book's narration from every member of the quiet council with the exception of Magneto. Yeah. Like there got to be an apocalypse book. There got to be a Jean Grey book who are original members. You know, there, there even got to be a Celine narration. Yeah. But it's just, it's not, but it's also been kind of a stall in the desert or a stall of Xavier on Krakoa by himself. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think, what it feels like to me, and I don't know anything about editorial and how any of this stuff works and how often that kind of gets in the way of what a an, a writer wants to do with their story. But it feels like when the gala issue came out and 
the you know the epilogue to the gala with um duggan's issue 26 or whatever Mm -hmm. it was those two i had to give duggan all sorts of props like good for you you masterminded all this crazy stuff and you've been leading to it for a long time i think if you go in an old episode you will hear me saying that um and it feels like rise and fall that are coming next month should have just started right afterward completely but they needed something to yeah. fill in some time and like we could be wrong and i hope we're wrong I that hope we're wrong. i hope when we pick up those issues next month we see that like oh the last five months have kind of started planting some stuff that are paying off now and that's great but my my gut feeling right now yeah. is that the fall of X period from August of 2023 to December of 2023 is going to feel super inconsequential when it comes because, down to reading the end. Because let's look at where the main players are at, like from the end of Hellfire Gala till now. Yeah. Okay. Cyclops is captured yep. and is going to be on trial. That has not changed. No. The majority of the mutants are missing or being persecuted. Mm-hmm. That I do not think that will change. Like, yeah. like unless unless hope and Exodus find a way back in two weeks, like that still kind of seems like they're going to be out there until a, a future moment. Yeah. Um, X-Men Red. We will we'll talk about Red in a bit, but it's like Storm and Arako are separated from everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Which makes it feel unimportant. Which makes it feel I'm unimportant. To be honest, like the and, Genesis War is cool, but fine. It's but cool, but it's just like it's it, unrelated. That, it's keeping them removed. It's keeping yeah. them removed from the main narrative. Um, like and, Storm hasn't yeah. even acknowledged the fact that all of her friends are dead no. or missing. Emma, Emma, and the surviving mutants are in hiding and are mm-hmm. trying to make plays against Orcus. Kamala Khan is a new mutant and is in hiding with this group while still being able to operate in public. All of that is the same as when Hellfire and the Shadow Cat issue happens. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and so when we pick up House Number One, and they're trying to launch a rescue attack on Cyclops, like you don't need to have read anything that we did. And once again, I hope we're wrong. I don't think we are. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure we just read a few months of like, you know, them talking to the Richards and, and cool moments. Yeah. Moments that I liked that wrapped up a lot of years worth of stuff, but like. It kind of feels like some plot points wrapped up or addressed in almost like deleted scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some other things that we haven't even talked about yet that we did over text that like um, Cypher has been yeah. in the pit for like six months now. Yep. And no one has thought about Cypher. That's not been brought up. Yep. Like Xavier hasn't acknowledged the fact that like, oh, that's was even the- there. I don't remember. But yeah. like. Xavier has been the lone mutant on Krakoa, except he's not. Cypher yeah. is in the pit and he and doesn't know or no one knows or whatever. Sinister stuff is still happening and fine. Like yeah. personally, I'm very sinister burnt out at this yeah. point. Um, but it feels like, you know, things are not the synergy that we were really like blessed with, with the first year, two yeah. years, maybe two and a half of, the Krakoan era, the synergy is not really there. The last few months have been very much like spinning wheels, treading water. Yeah. Um, this is what it felt like with some of the books. There just wasn't a big, you know, event or era tying it in when Hickman was like ending Inferno mm-hmm. that, that first time, right when I jumped you in on the books, yeah, like it was starting to feel this way. 
mm-hmm. like post honestly post the first gala like the x-men team was trading over that was cool but other books started to feel a little rudderless mm-hmm. um and they was still going into the era so now knowing that they're feeling i think what's the problem is it doesn't feel rudderless it feels like it feels stalling mm-hmm. it feels stalling it feels like like i just read a whole book about the children of the vault that i'm like well how is that skippable but it kind of was like yeah. like uh Iceman, I, and there's moments too. Like I've I've really enjoyed Dark X Men. I've I, that has been one of my favorite reads, and that has been cool to see. But yeah. like at the end of the day, that's going to be a pretty like inconsequential book. It feels like for where things are going. Yeah. Um. And so it's just, I don't know. It's it's kind of a bummer because when this all first came out of House and Powers, and maybe it was a trick. Maybe maybe this has all just been the greatest marketing trick of the past several years. But it's like it still felt like it was worth it to mm-hmm. read everything. And then 10 of swords made it feel really worth it Yeah, to, to have read everything up to that point. Yeah. And maybe 10 of swords. And you know, when we do our, when we do our 10 year Krakoa retrospective, Riley, mm-hmm. when we're in our forties oh God, and, and we start to talk about it, like it might be, wow, this peaked at 10 of swords. Yeah. That, like, like this, this, this whole thing peaked at 10 of swords. It had an uptick with judgment day. Mm-hmm. that I think will also age really well Yeah, where everyone was playing together again. But then like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I hope, and I think I'm saying all of this, I'm still enjoying reading these things every week. I've been just a little bummed out. I think, I think really the most bummed out I was, was when I finished X-Men this past week and just went like, man, that was a really cool issue. I'm now, I, I like literally felt the rug getting pulled out from under me of mm-hmm. like this whole era was just like, there was never going to be super cool builds because they're saving that for the, the mini series. Yeah. That's going to wrap it all up. And like, why wouldn't you save it for your finale? But also like, what, what have we been doing for, for yeah. six months? Besides just spending money on books. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I think the beginning of this whole era worked so well because every author was able to just go off and do what they wanted to do and in whatever kind of genre they were playing around with with their book. But it all kind of had its purpose and it all sort of was living in the same world. And it just kind of hasn't felt like the synergy was there with the books themselves, you know, like. I go back to in the very beginning, there was a plot line in which uh, Xavier is assassinated in Mm X-Force, I believe it was, right? Yeah, it was X-Force And then that has ripples into the main X-Men title, right? As he gets resurrected and then goes to um, the the conference in X-Men 4, I think, uh, they make mention of like, you tried... And it didn't work, you know, kind of thing. And I loved that one book could influence another, if not super directly, at least they were living in the same space. Um, And it's just right now, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of forward momentum with these books. It doesn't really feel like, I don't know, like I know that they're still doing the the writer's room together and stuff. And that's such a cool idea. Like the X office idea is so cool, but it doesn't feel like it's quite as connected as it was. I think, I don't know. I think something that we have to address too. And like, I've, we are, we, I've, we have been very vocal. Like I think big fans of him in a lot of way. 
facts, but the handoff of Orcus in particular from Hickman to Duggan as like the main architect, it turned something that felt new and abstract into Cobra from G.I. Joe mm. and into just a maniacal like like cartoon villain mm. that's we're out to get mutants and then slowly take over humanity versus like when they're introduced in Hawkspox, they are they are misguided human brilliant minds fighting for their survival. Mm-hmm. And then when Hickman starts to do his X-Men stuff, anytime we see them, they are just they are they're scientists that are not being comically evil. Like they're they're truly believe that we need to do this or else we're going extinct. Yeah. And now the more that Orcus has been fleshed out the more that we've started to see the other petals and honestly like the more that people have had a time to be in there and and this is saying like with additions and twists that i really liked i I loved the addition of fei long when he was first introduced i loved the doctor stasis reveal of being a sinister but like with moira becoming one of their main people with omega sentinel and nimrod being like extremely underutilized and not even seeing um when was the last time we saw Dr. Aaliyah Gregor? Yeah. Where was the last time we saw um, the head of Orcus? The, the guy, what's his name? The guy with the eyes. Devo. Devo. Like, yeah. like just some of these things and some of these people and plots, like they're gone. Or yeah. they're just like, and it's, I just think that's a bummer. We still have the reveal. And I, I really do think that Gillen will touch on this in Rise of Powers, but it's like, we still have the reveal from Inferno that Omega Sentinel is from, is from the future. And yeah. is and is and is trying to bring all this down, and they're they're like they're out to get humanity, and it's like that has not been touched on. I so I don't know. Yeah, it it just kind of a lot of those things feel like a miss, and that's sad. Like yeah. I I will say this is me commenting on something that I didn't read, and so I own that. But like one thing that I was a little frustrated about was in the beginning of this era, the children of the vault being such a like down the road, like that is going to be a massive problem. And then, you know, I have not read yeah. the four issue mini or however many issues it was. Um, so I can't necessarily speak on this, but my gut feeling is that that was the end of them. And I know plans change, things develop and they evolve and whatever from, you know, what was an idea four years ago, five years ago, whatever. Yeah. Like, I totally give grace on that. But it's just so many of these little things that were you know not promised isn't the right word but or were they were yeah, established they were yeah. set up to be such a thing have now been you know well we're going to just we'll give you a couple issues to have a couple of characters on the side facing them where you know we are fighting orcus but nimrod is nowhere to be found where you know, in the Inferno issues and in Hawkspox, like Nimrod is a bad dude and yeah. he's a big deal, you know, and I don't know. It's just a it's kind of sad that some of these things have been sort of left behind. I'm hopeful for a really solid ending, I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm it's just for a solid ending. I'm trying to keep my hopes up and it's just like because all of these writers that we're talking about, all these books that we're talking about when they have been at their highs, like. They have been some of our favorite books. And I just, I know even like, like we have both been on record, like 
saying that some of these moments are some of our favorites of this mm-hmm. entire era from the books that are out right now. Yeah. But the consistency of even just some of the characterizations mm-hmm. and characters and the world itself, I don't think has been the same after Inferno. Yeah. And I, some of that might be Hickman bias, but I feel like we're kind of past that now. In, in the sense that we've seen the grander scope of things to be able to talk about it yeah, and just be like, yeah, like we love this guy and what he's created, but like we're also commenting on other teams that, yeah. were, that were writing at the time that we also liked during that time. That- right. And I think, you know, we are pretty outspoken again, you know, like you were just saying that the Gillen stuff has been some of the best. The Ewing stuff has been some of the best. Um, Duggan consistently all the way through this thing has been writing books that we've loved Marauders and Cable from the beginning are standouts for us. We have those in hardcover form, you know, um, I am a huge fan of Duggan's X-Men run. Like I really like it a lot. Even after the first year, the first year I thought was great. The second year may not be quite as solid, but it's, yeah, it really is one of those things where I want to stress that it's not just, I don't like this because it's not Hickman. Like it is just some of these things are not working and they're not clicking very well. And it's, it's just, um, it's sad enough to evoke some melancholy knowing this is about to end. And it's ending on this note. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. I think you really said, and I think that's the answer is like, some of it's just not clicking, maybe not necessarily versus not working. Yeah. Like I think a lot of these books are working and I think even as individuals, if that was the only book that we were reading as part of this, but knowing that they're all supposed to be going towards a larger entity, it just, it feels like it's not working and yeah. it, it's not coming together in that Ten of Swords, it had those end game moments. It had those return of the King moments. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm like, I don't know if this will. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm not expecting Cable and Bishop returning from their, you know, misadventures with fighting the children of the vault to show up in fall of the house of X number two. Right. With, with like, Oh, we got the secret weapon and now we have a trick up our sleeves to fight Orcus. Yeah. Also I, there's yeah. just too many things for them to end on so at this point. Things. Like, we, but also so many things that aren't going to matter. Like, I think that's the, yeah. <laughs> but like so many things that are just going to be like Cable and Bishop are just going to reappear. And when Duggan's writing them, he's probably going to write, he'll, he'll have a quick throwaway line. Cause he's so good at that at referencing what other people are doing, mm-hmm. but it'll be back to like, you know, Cable getting basically picked off and like isolated by the time variance authority. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's where he ended his cable before yeah. this happened. And so just. I, I've been excited for the covers that we're seeing. Yeah. And it's just, you know, there's been some references to like Moira sitting on the bench and Forge's gun that Mm -hmm. takes away powers that was used on her. Like, like, I'm like, is someone going to give, is someone going to give her back her powers and restart the timeline? Like quite possibly, but I'm also, there's just so many things that felt like they were in play that are now going to go away. And I'm just the cynical part of me, Riley really does not want to see the cast of X-Men 97 plus a few others back in the mansion teaching a new generation of students. Yeah. Like I, I don't need that. 
Yeah. I don't know what I need anymore. I knew what I needed for a long time, and it was a Quiet Council book. It was a Storm on Mars book. It was a X-Men superhero team that were representing a nation book. Yeah. And now that all of those are ending, I this has been such a weird time, and I know I've texted you a few times, like, X-Force and Wolverine, the past few months during the fall, have been some of my favorite reads. Mm-hmm. Because Percy despite some of the faults that you and I have found in some of his, his stories that were connected to the bigger thing, he's now truly playing ball. Like he is, he, this, this guy is wrapping up some of his stories in a way where it's like Wolverine is basically these, what, what Percy has chosen to do during the fall of X era is basically each issue of his Wolverine book is teaming up with someone different to address something else. So like, he had an issue where it was him and Hulk basically fighting some like of Orcus's um, robot Wolverines that they were sending out as assassins as like a smear campaign. That was sick. They had another issue where it was him and Captain America that went back to like the sketchy auction house Mm -hmm. that were auctioning off all of the things from Krakoa. So they were auctioning off um, a a clone, a Moira clone. They were, (laughs) they were auctioning off Emma Frost's gala ball gown. It was just, it was seeing, Percy like play with everything that had been set up and that was so it's been a very cool read because it's like he's still playing by those rules um x-force was finally it's it is i don't want to spoil it to you because i do think at some point you'll want to read it but it's like it is finally wrapped up what has been going on with colossus for four years Mm -hmm. and i thought very satisfying and it's it's just, it's a weird time. It's a weird time, and I feel like it's about to get weirder, and then it's going to be over. Yeah. And then it's going to be all new X-Men in Age of Apocalypse font. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I'm still, I'm going to get the, the, this is how they work, but it's like, I'm going to get Fall of the House of X day one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm going to buy that, and I'm gonna, I can't wait. The fact that they're putting out, like, some variant covers that reference the original covers of this whole series that like kickstarted it. Like I'm stoked on. Yeah. I don't know. Unfortunately, the, the cynical part of me right now is like, I don't believe that that's right now anything more than just like, Hey, remember Hawksbox that you all loved so much? We're just like referencing that. So you'll be stoked. You know, I Um, I hope not. But at the end of the day, like I also think they have to end it. Like, like, They've said they're ending it, so that's where I'm like, it's, yeah. it has to be more than referential because I think they're wiping the slate clean and changing it up completely. Yeah. And by changing it up, I mean I think they're going back to a very easily digestible X-Men. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Boo. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I want to be wrong. Like, yeah. I... I don't know how much more there is to say on this subject, but I just, I want to be wrong. Let it be known that like, I want to be excited. I want them to stick this landing so hard. I want to, I want to read an issue and text Cody about it and be like, dude, have you read this yet? You know, but I'm just not, I'm not stoked right now. So we'll just see where it goes. Um, So yeah. On that note, Riley, what are you stoked for coming up? 
in terms of Krakoa or in just terms like of anything? comics in terms of new releases that we can talk about to get more hopeful ad revenue on this pod gods gods but it's felt like two months since the last issue came out yeah i think there's been like a, a longer gap than it's normal. been longer than one month yeah i hope that gods continues to do well i yeah. hope that uh it keeps getting weirder and more yeah just nutty um gods is cool ultimate spider-man the new ultimate spider-man i'm excited about yeah, I'm so, so uh, which excited for also that starts next month. So, you know, if if Krakoa ends up ending in an awful, lame <laughs> kind of way, at least we'll have a new Ultimate Spider-Man that we can enjoy. Um, We're gonna have two Hickman books coming out every month, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. With Gods and Ultimate Spider-Man, um, I'm also excited for those two. Um, I'm also I'm I of course I did I signed up for. Um, Ultimate Black Panther and Ultimate X-Men as well. I'm very excited for... They had a tease for Ultimate X-Men at the end of Ultimate Universe 1. And yeah. that I thought looked so weird and gross and awesome. Yeah. That I'm very excited about. Um, the images released for Ultimate Spider-Man look great. Yeah. And seeing like a adult Peter Parker who lived his life and now has to get thrown into this seems like a pretty novel take on that character. So, yeah. Yeah. Looking There'll forward be some to cool that. things to read. Looking forward to God's. I'm trying to think what else. Um, well, there's just a lot of books coming out yeah. of things that are older. Yeah. But that it'll be really fun to reread and, you know, take down again. Is there one that you're most excited for? Of, oh, we'll have we'll an Omni's Most Wanted list episode soon. So we'll, we'll hold on that. Yeah. Um, well, cool, right? Like, this was a good, depressing chat that yeah. I'm glad we got out of our system. Yeah, between Invincible and X-Men, we have some things to say right now. <laughs> um, well. We hope you've been reading something awesome. Yeah. We hope that you're excited about whatever you're reading or taking in. And tell us what it is so that we can be excited again. I want to yeah. know what that feels like. Yeah. Well. Read comics. Read comics. Read better ones than these. <laughs> and we're out.